usually we do like a six-hour seminar, uh, a Saturday seminar. And so um, there's times we've done that. There's times that I've done an eight-hour seminar so we can spend more time talking about the individual application of everything. And and, uh, I try not to repeat the things that I write about. Um, And it's interesting, a lot of the articles that you get, um, like when you sign up for our newsletter, a lot of those articles come off of radio programs that um, uh, that we've done, and uh, somebody else writes those, but it's me uh, talking, and, and but somebody else writes them. But um, we try to cover a lot of things in books and other pieces. So, so let me show you a couple of things. One, one is this that that because um, we do this for this was the first book that I wrote. And we came out with it. We updated, upgraded, and did all that stuff. But when your teen is struggling. Uh, but it's about 80. Uh, th- when you first start writing, um, the book came back and it was half this size. And they said, well, we don't, we don't want to, we really don't want to uh, let people know you that well. I mean, because they told me, make people feel and make sure they know you by the end of the book. And then they came back and said, uh, we don't want them to know you that well. <laughs> and so that's one book that, that has, has been good. The, the one that you'll be doing uh, for the curriculum series is The Tough Guys and Drama Queens, probably the one that I've enjoyed the most. And, and um, it, it sounds like you need it. So, um, <laughs> and so I was just doing. So if you're a grandparent, this is, this is one book, Leaving a Legacy of Hope. We, have them out there that you can buy two of them because most time people give it to grandparents as gifts and stuff. This is the one that, that's really, I was on the Today Show um, a couple of weeks ago pushing this thing, which was just kind of a, it's interesting for them to allow me to do that. And, and yet some connections we have through the kids that have lived with us, we, it opens doors for me to get in different places. This, this one is 32 questions that, that parents always ask me at different events and stuff. And so I just said, well, let's write a book about it and, and answer it. It does not have anything in there about uh, a dad doing his daughter's laundry. Um, but but I, figure, I figure that I'm gonna have to write a whole book about that and I'll, and I'll dedicate it to you. And, uh, um, the other book, there's the other book. There's um, is is this one. It's called Parenting Today's Teens. It's it's really a devotional book that's written for men, uh, because it's only like one page devotions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like men just would prefer. Okay, let's just read it and get it over with, and give me a few things to think about. It's kind of like when women. Yeah, it's kind of like when men pray. Lord, thank you. Amen. And. Uh, and women, it's, Lord, thank you for the birds and their feathers that fall to the ground and bless the grass that they fall on and, and the ward on the frog and the frog and the log and the green grass grew all around. I mean, it just, so I kept it kind of short. The problem was when it came back from the publisher, they put a gay cover on it. And, uh, and so it really is. I mean, those don't look like high school kids to me. And they don't look like any high school kids that I've hung out with. And, and so what we do is just rip off the cover. And, uh, and, and it, it's a much more attractive book that way. And, and I thought you might want that and stuff. So, uh, but that's out there. But it's really immense. We're trying to get rid of all of them so we can go ahead and order new ones with a manly cover on it, you know, or, or something. So anyway, let's go through this real quick. And... and um, we got 45 minutes. I told you it was going to go fast. And, and, uh, and hopefully what we're doing is stirring up some, just some thought. I mean, I'm, I'm not the uh, 
all-encompassing, this is how you raise kids. It's not that. I think I am probably one that, that understands the culture that they're growing up in and the implications that it causes. And, and what that means is, by helping people understand that and then trying to figure out, okay, then how do we engage differently? It's throwing out ideas so that it stirs thought. You will not agree with everything that I say, you know, but it may be some little things. There should be like four or five things that will stick. Take it home and give it a shot because it just takes a few things to change the direction of a family. You don't have to do everything. I mean, that's why we have books and resources and and the newsletter and, and the app. I'll show you where you get the app. You've got to get the app because I think more people listen to the app than they do the... Ra- Who's going to get up at 5.30 on Saturday morning to listen to me, you know, kind of thing. And, and, uh, and so there's a part of... And do you? No. I knew you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 30, yeah, okay. Well, we'll move the program to that here. I don't even know where it's on here. Is it on here? Is it on the radio here? Yeah, I, I, think, I think radio is getting outdated. Is any, okay, does anybody here work for a radio station? Yeah. Um, but, but let's go through some of these things. And I think <clears throat> they're just things that I've kind of, we've talked on a little bit, but it, it just goes and talks about just some things that we need to engage differently. And I will tell you that, that relating is more important than winning. A son comes home and says, um, hey, Dad, I think I'm gay. But he'll probably tell mom first. Mom, I think I'm gay. What's more important? For you to drive home what you believe about homosexuality or to love your child at the time they need it the most? The thing I've found about these kids that struggle with sexuality is that the greatest loss in their life is their parents. And, and so that's where I work to try to reestablish religion. And we see a lot of kids that bounce back from things. It's so faddish, F-A-D-D-I-S-H. It's so faddish right now. We have people saying, well, my, my name's Lucy, but I want to be called Bob, and I think I'm bisexual, and I'm, I'm possibly gay, and this, and this. I, you know what? How I diffuse it with kids is that I tell them, I don't care. I don't care whether you're gay or not. I can still love you. Now, that being said, hear this. Because kids, because parents have asked me, okay, so if one of the girls you're meeting with <clears throat> decides to marry one of the girls that she loves, would you go to the wedding? Absolutely. Why? Because I probably love this girl to death. And yes, I would go. Would you perform the wedding? Absolutely not. See, that's where I have to draw the line, for me. And you can draw it wherever you want. But there's a part of me that if I'm going to grab the opportunity to engage with somebody and I'm saying, I can love you whether you're making good choices, I can love you whether you... I, I, there, there's, I, I can love you whether you love Jesus or whether you've rejected Jesus. I can love you regardless. You know, a child comes home and says, Dad, I've been sleeping with my boyfriend. Take a breath. It's not the newest thing in the world. It's been happening forever. And the key thing is that you continue to love that child. And you may say, okay, I just need to go find a fork so I can give myself a root canal and make this whole situation better. 
right now. And then come back. Okay, sweetheart, let's talk. The relationship is key. You'll get through it. Every, every relationship that I've seen where girls have gotten pregnant, it's all worked out. And it's amazing to me. When we used to be so anti, 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 you know, and, and I'm going, it's worked out for, for one way or the other. And maybe that grandchild that, that was a, now has been such a blessing to the family. And, and my point of it is that the relationship is key, that no matter what. If, if anybody says, how do, you, how do you do it? We love kids regardless, no matter what. No matter what they do or anything, you just love on them. And, and, that, and sometimes that's right. It doesn't mean that I'm not disappointed. It doesn't mean that I'm not angered, that I don't show it. It doesn't mean that I'm, 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 I don't feel a sense of despair in my own life. I'm going, oh. There's times that I go home and just, oh. I am worn out. You know, we had a little girl cut herself up. She got stitches the other night. Took a took a, a light bulb and cut herself up like crazy. And and another kid ran away the night before. And I, I'm just going. I'm just worn out. I can't wait to get to Phoenix. You know. And so, because I'm getting drunk tonight. No, not really. Not really. I'm joking, Pastor. There you go. I'm not, I'm joking. It's tomorrow night. And uh, no. <laughs> But relating is key. And it's hard. It's hard. It's easy to say, but it's hard when your child comes home and you've got to remember, okay, I've got to keep the relationship. The thing that, 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 that I struggled with the most when I told my son, well, look, I mean, this was the comment. It was such a manly comment, and, and it, was just, it, it was just perfect, wasn't it? When, I, when he calls and says, I've been having an affair, wasn't it just perfect? Didn't this, didn't this sound like a perfect biblical response? Well, son, let me tell you something. I'll talk to you again when you call her father and apologize for how you're messing up her life. Doesn't that sound good? Doesn't that sound like a, mm, strong like bull? <laughs> I didn't see my son for six months. And at the time that he needed me the most, I was gone. I want to be there with them in the midst of it. And so, I mean, I learned an unbelievable lesson through that whole thing. Wrote a book about it. But the, but the lesson was that, that it's easy to say, but it's harder to do, to engage when you've been offended. Scripture says like the barred gates of the citadel is one who has offended the other. And just a little deal. This is what grace is about. If grace is easy then it's probably not grace. Grace is one of the hardest things because it means I've been offended. Somebody's, somebody has, has, has violated me in some way and you want me to move toward them when they have done this against me? I have every right. And grace is saying, I'm going to move toward you anyway. And it's hard to do. When you see somebody at the grocery store that you've had a conflict with here in the church, and you go over a few aisles. I don't want to see it because it's easier. Grace is moving toward them. It's sitting next to somebody that you've had a conflict with and let them know the relationship continues. Doesn't mean you give in or give, keep giving them things, but you let them know that the relationship continues. 
So this becomes key. Relating is more important than winning. I'll use this as an example too. I, I had a man stand up and he said, my son committed suicide, um, but he had a clean room. And he just fell apart. It was at a seminar that we did, Bismarck, North Dakota or something. And, um, but he had a clean room. Didn't have a relationship with his son, but the room was clean. You following me on that one? Asking questions creates connections. I don't give answers anymore to kids. I just ask questions. Hey, you think that's okay? What do you think about that? Hey, what would you think of this? Hey, I never thought about it that way, but <clears throat> have you thought about this? I don't know, Mark, what do you think? I don't know. What do you think I should do? Beats me. Well, you're supposed to tell me. Tell you what? What am I supposed to do? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't give answers anymore. I just don't. I leave it alone. I ask questions. Um, if you listen to our podcast, you listen to our radio deal, we used to interview authors of books and, I mean, anybody that within the Christian world that you know of uh, that's alive, we would interview them and they'd be on the show and, and, uh, and we did interview a couple of people that I thought were dead and, uh, but, <clears throat> or they acted like it. And um, we switched to, to just interviewing the kids that live with us. I'd, we'd put together a program and I'd grab some kids and just say, let me ask you some questions. And so I sit and just ask questions. <clears throat> and it's, the, it's, now the people, it's now people's favorite part of our radio program. And so listen to that and you'll, and you'll pick up something. This is how I ask questions. It's interesting, whatever question, has anybody listened to those? Have you heard those? You'll, then you'll, you'll, you'll figure this out. <laughs> One person has, that's neat, man, we're doing well in Phoenix. And uh, that, um, if I say, if a child says, I've always felt stupid, then I'll say, why do you feel stupid? Well, I've always felt, why have you always felt that way? I was treated that way. Well, how were you treated? Um, I was just treated bad by other people. What other people? Well, people in my class. Like, what people in your class? See what I'm doing? I'm taking one word from their answer, and I'm asking a question about it. Where does it lead? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't. But if you do that, it'll lead you to a path and take you where they'll go, where a girl says this, I've always felt this way. Well, when did you start feeling this way? When I was abused. Why do you think you were abused? Ah, I think my uncle was just a mess. Why do you think he was a mess? It just leads to somewhere. So it's not interrogating. I'm not trying to get something out. What did you do? Where'd you go? Were you there at that time? You know, that kind of thing. It's just, it's just conversation. So kids pretty much know when I get together. They'll say, can we get together and you just not ask any questions? <laughs> yeah. Come sit down. I won't ask any questions. And then I'll say, are you sure you want me to do that? And uh, <laughs> it's a joke. Asking questions create connections. In the back of the Tough Guys and Drama Queens, there's a list, I think, of 100 questions or so. And um, I think on our Facebook page, we've also offered, we made it into asking questions into a booklet. You can get that there. It's free. Our, our deal, Heartlight is so expensive 
that I spend most of my time producing free stuff for everybody. Heartlight takes care of itself, I'm, but I'm into just giving stuff away. And, and so we give all our books away eventually and, and curriculum series and all that stuff. But, but, uh, but I think there's a, the question book. I don't know whether we have any out here that, that uh, is just a book of questions. How to engage with your child and start asking some questions that are a little bit deeper about what you do today. Who cares? You know, I mean, it's, it's having conversations with a purpose. Start trusting and stop controlling. You can, if you want, you can control everything in their life and then you're going to find out when you stop having control when they move up here, they are going to be out of control. You have to stop, especially those of you who are washing your daughter's laundry. <laughs> and you stop not because you want to. You, yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of weird, but, but I mean, but you stop because it gives her the opportunity to pick up the responsibility. Why? Because I'm training a child. See, and it doesn't mean, you know, I, I do this thing every, uh, every Saturday morning. I let, if I'm in town, which is, isn't much, or there's holidays or something, I'll let my kids know, and they'll invite their friends. I go, come over, and we'll make wa- I'll make waffles for you and stuff like that. There is a connection that I have with kids in doing that. I mean, and so I love that, excuse me, I love that connection. And so if you're doing something to keep that connection, then that's not a bad thing. But if you have to do it to make a connection, that's a bad thing. Do things that... that, that aren't about you having to do it or your child's going to get mean and nasty and mad. Do it because there's a connection. You'll always do that. Are you following me on that? But, but don't let it be something that you're controlling your kids, that you're telling them everything they have to do. You can tell them a, a thousand things they have to do, and here's all these things, and there are a thousand great things. But if you keep lining those out all the time, you're not giving them any room to make any decisions for themselves. That's why I, I, at some point, you know, you can date in groups. Who's in the group? I don't know. You figure it out. At some point, maybe when they're 15 or 16, they can go on a date. Are you kidding me? I go, well, I started dating the girl at 14 that I've been with forever. We never had sex before we got married. I tried, but it just didn't work, you know. And, <laughs> but, I mean, there's a part of it where it's, it's at some point, you, you've got to say, I want you to have control. You teach control. You can't, you can't keep doing everything for them. You've got to trust that they will, that the things that you've taught them and, and all the things that God, uh, the ways that God's involved in life, that will come to fruition to guide and direct them. You know, I mean, Scripture tells us he'll complete that which he has started. I mean, he, he'll bring it to completion. So let it, let it have its full force. You might be surprised. Now, will your kids make mistakes? Sure they will. Will your kids taste alcohol before they graduate from high school? Sure they will, unless they're that 3% that doesn't. Will some of your kids smoke pot? Sure they will. I mean, think if you ever think, no, not my kid, you are going to miss it, and you're not going to be that good boy scout and be prepared. 
At some point, he's just understanding that the same world that's having influence on them will continue to have influence on them in some way. So what I want to do is, is, is not just isolate them from everything, but to empower them to make good decisions over that. Now, I may do that by a rule, if it, like on the alcohol thing. I may tell a child at any point, and you can tell from 16 on, any kid. I mean, your 16-year-old daughter and son may be as pure as the driven snow at 16 when they start driving a car. But I would tell them this. I just want you to know at any given time, I'm going to put a little tab on your tongue to find out whether you've been drinking alcohol in the last 24 hours. So when they're offered alcohol somewhere, you know what they're going to say? Uh, I can't do this. My dad's going to check and I'm in trouble. See what I mean? So some of our rules are empowering the kids and giving them reason to not do some things. It's the same way with drug tests and everything else. But my point of it is, is that at some point you've got to quit thinking that you're going to protect them from everything and start teaching them how to control things in their life so they can take control of it, which means you've got to let go. And when you let go, you're going to find out this. You've never really been in control anyway. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, once they turn 16, really, and start driving, they can pretty much do what they want. It's only by the relationship and the influence that you have with them will it change. Foster independence. As I said earlier, when, you're, when your son starts making the comments, I can live on my own, encourage that. I think that's a great idea. Why don't we do it now? You know, <laughs> you know. And your wife is saying, he's only five years old. And, uh, but I mean, there's a part of it where you, you want that. So when they start wanting to be by themselves, they want to make decisions by themselves. They want to, to, they want to express themselves some way. Do you know of a young man in, or a young boy becoming a man that doesn't want to express himself sometimes? Sometimes I know kids that'll just cuss because it makes them feel more like a man. And sometimes we don't let our young men become men because we're too controlling over them. I can't let them get hurt. How many of y'all wore a helmet riding a bicycle? <laughs> right on skateboards. How many of y'all really growing up wore knee pads and stuff? We were sticking bottle rockets on them and shooting each other. We had BB gun wars, you know? Oh, God, that hurt, you know, you know, and shooting them back and forth. We were burning down forts in New Orleans, you know, that we built in the woods. And we were, I mean, there may be in a few stitches, but I mean, there was not anything major or that much. I mean, that's why you have two eyes. And, uh, but I mean, there's a part of it where you let some of it go and start trusting them and let them have a little bit of something outside of there to... To, to develop into the person that God's created him to be. Add clear boundaries and subtract strictness. This is the book, I would tell you, that, that uh, really Tammy is the one. Tammy, just raise your hand. It's Tammy Bolthouse. Tammy uh, lives in Tucson. She lived with us in, in uh, her son lived with us 10, 12 years ago or so, and, and Tammy has done a lot, a lot of writing for us. And so Tammy put this thing together from stuff that we've done from seminars. But it's a book just helping people develop rules and, and establishing consequences for things. And the concept is this, and I'll make it easy, that, that, that it, it's saying to a child, this is what I want from you, 
And it may be saying, I'm just going to give you examples, the concept. That's what I want from you. I want you to be respectful of everybody in the home. And whatever that looks like, maybe not cussing, not destroying other people's property, taking care of whatever, but be respectful. Everybody needs to be respected. We want you to take your meds, whatever that is. If you're dealing with this issue over here, that they need to be on some kind of medication, some of your kids might need to be. You're, trying, you're, you're wrestling you know, something you're not going to get to the ground without meds in some way. And so it may be that, that, that we want you to take your meds. We want you to meet once a week, mom and dad. Um, we don't want you to use any alcohol or marijuana. And whatever the fifth thing is, whatever it is. Okay, pick five things that would change the destiny of your family just by saying if you change these things, it would change everything. Just five, not 10, not 150 moms. Dad's got to be more than one. <laughs> you know, dad's is uh, don't get drunk, don't get pregnant. You know what I mean? It's got to be more than that. But just five things. And then you say this, and, and if you violate those things, there's a consequence. And the consequence is whatever the greatest need is, if it's, if it's respect, is that an issue with any family? If respect's the issue, then the consequence is whatever's going to get their attention the most. Whatever's the most painful. It may be the phone, it may be a car, it may, whatever it is. What you said, maybe electricity to your house. I took a <laughs> toilet out of one of the houses. I was living in a house, Jane and I were living in houses with all the guys and and, and the guys wouldn't clean the toilet, so I got rid of it. They said, what are we supposed to do? Aim well. And, they, and so I just got rid of it. So they come the next day and they go, well, what do we need to do? I don't know, let me think about it. Well, we can't go on without a toilet. No, I don't think you can. Well, what are we supposed to do? I have no idea. What would you do? Beats me, you know. So I just go on and on and on. And they finally come and say, look, look, look. We'll clean every toilet in the house, you know, for the next however many months. We'll do this, we'll do this, we'll do this. They promise everything. I needed to replace the toilet anyway. <laughs> My point is, take it away from them. Turn electricity off to your house one night. If you do this, we're turning electricity off. Sweat with them. Turn off the internet. I mean, shut down the phone. What's going to get their attention more than anything else. And so this is what I want from you, and here's the consequences, but this is what I'm willing to do for you. I'm extending the curfew. You can listen to your own music. Here's a phone, I want you, it's a smartphone. I said you weren't gonna get it for a couple years, I want you to get it now, and it's got a deal where I can locate you at any time on it, and we'll take that off when you're 16. Here's a checkbook, I want you to start managing your own money. See what I'm doing? I'm saying, you do this, and I will do this. And then when they start violating things, then I pull it back. This has got to be attractive enough that they're willing to do this. They got to get something out of it. I got a donkey named Toy and uh, picked it up in Nashville and um, uh, didn't bring it back on a plane. But, but, but this donkey, it's, it's a perfect indicator that you cannot, you'll see it in the, in the Tough Guys and Drama Queens uh, series that this donkey won't do anything unless it's getting something out of it. It's a perfect example of kids. Stubborn as anything, but unless they get something out of it, they won't do it. So you, you almost want to promote good behavior. See what I'm saying? I would reward, I'd give the rewards, not just consequences, but provide rewards at the same time.
The other thing is, see, conflict is a precursor to change. Don't run from it. The tendency is we run. We go, I, I don't like this conflict. Moms start beating themselves up that they can't resolve it, and dad takes off and goes to the garage and starts working on a project. Or go, I think I'm going to start running marathons, you know, or something. I mean, it's, I ran triathlons for years, and I swear it's the angriest people in the world running those things. Do you run triathlons? You do? Now you do? You look mad. And, uh, no. Seek conflict as a precursor to change. Pick your battles wisely. If it's not an issue, leave it alone. The lady goes, my daughter is on the phone all the time. All the time. I mean, it's just like when we eat, she leaves it alone. But I mean, afterwards, at 2 o'clock in the morning, I'll hear a phone, you know, ding, ding, you know, or, or something, and then ding, ding, and then ding, ding, and you know, she on it all the time. I said, okay, let me ask you this. She get up for school? Yeah. She go to class and stuff? Yeah. She doing okay in school? Yeah. She respectful? Yeah. She working? Yeah. Yeah. She works 10, 12 hours a week at Starbucks. Um, she respectful of everybody? Yeah. Everything's going well? Yeah. Does all her homework? Yeah. What's the problem? Let her learn how to leave it alone. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And my point is, is that some things that you just have to, you can't correct everything. You've got to figure out, okay, which, which hill am I going to die on? Is it going to be music? Is it going to be when they're 17? Think about it. If I'm saying, I will tell you at age 12, young lady, what you're going to wear. And at age 18, she can go get married the next day. Right here, you're going to tell her what to wear? The goal is to get her to point. What? Um, nothing. You look great. <laughs> well, what? What's wrong? Let them make the decision. What she needs is a young man to go, God, you dress like a slut. You're a young man that you're telling, okay, you've got to use deodorant, brush your teeth, and everything else at age 12. 16, he doesn't like deodorant. You know what you need? You need a young lady to look at him and go, man, you stink. You smell like a goat, you know, or something. That's what's going to change him. And you can't keep doing it for the sake of control. Let him learn from someplace else. Any lesson that they're going to learn outside, let him learn it. You go, well, I don't want him to be hurt. Yes, you do. What do you think iron sharpening iron is? That's the one thing I have against homeschooling, when there's isolation. Now, we homeschool all of our kids. But I go, it's the one thing I have against homeschooling. If you don't allow kids to have the social interaction where they learn what hurt is and disappointment and rejection. You know, it's almost like we've got it backwards. We ought to let them go to school first through sixth grade and then seventh grade on up, bring them home, you know, and get them to do work around the house. But I mean, but I mean, it's, it, it, we've got it almost backwards. And, and so there's a part of me that goes, exposure is good. They're going to be exposed to everything anyway eventually. So why not expose them earlier while you get to speak truth into their life while you're there? Now here's the other thing, because somebody asked me this earlier about homeschooling. And it's just to be aware. Sometimes, all the time, I think that a kid needs a mother more than a teacher. 
and sometimes that becomes confused with kids. Now, I'm not, I'm not bashing homeschooling. I can go off about public schools, I, 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 any school there is. But my comment, because we see such an inordinate amount of kids from homeschool families that don't make the transition into a normal setting, they do stupid stuff to get attention because they've never experienced, or they rebound because they've been hurt so bad, and it's those kids that are spinning out. It's odd, out of all the kids, come, a third of them have been homeschooled. You know, and when you think, well, we'll send them to Christian school. The Christian schools are really no different for the most part than public schools. There's stuff I can tell you in any Christian school I've spoken at, been at, or done that it's been crazy. We just hide it better at those schools. And so just be careful and don't think, okay, well, we got it. No, you may not have it. There may be something else to think about. Okay, give your teens your time. I would ask your child this and say, this is a requirement of me giving you a phone. I'll pay for your phone. And as I said earlier today, did I say it at the beginning of this, I would give kids phones at, at eight or nine years old. And the reason I would is because you've got to start training them how to communicate. We gave my granddaughter a phone, so she's got an iPhone, and we've limited who she can talk to. But, I mean, I got finished today, and she wrote me, Papa, you know, 11 years old, Papa, what are you doing? She's been writing me for the last two or three years. We communicate in a family group, and everybody's always sharing everything sending pictures and everything. It's a way for us to communicate and to engage. Take advantage of it while you can because it's not gonna last long. But it teaches them. I wanna be a teacher of how you use a phone, not just one that reacts all the time. And so they can learn how to communicate that way. The other thing is that, oh, and, and let me back up. And I tell kids this, that, that, that it, I'll pay for the phone, but I want you to meet with me once a week. And do what? I don't know. I just want to sit down and talk. We'll go to the coffee bean or to Starbucks or um, go get ice cream or go sit down. But I just want to have one time a week. It could be breakfast in the morning. It could be something in the afternoon. You don't show up, I turn off the phone. Will they be there? You know they will. And when they're there, just ask questions. Don't, don't interrogate. Don't share your opinion especially in the teen years. And somebody goes, well, why would you do that? Because I want them to keep asking questions. Scripture says, you'll search for me and you'll find me when you search for me with your whole heart. So my point isn't giving the answer and stopping the search. I give them another question to make sure they're searching in the right places. And then I may come back and ask him, hey, what did you find out about what you were talking about last week? Oh, yeah, I kept doing this. It wasn't that big a deal, blah, 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 blah. See what I'm saying? So that one time a week that you sit down with them, this is the number one thing that I tell parents. Spend a weekly time with your kids, especially when that 12 and 13. You know, just spend the time, find it, and say, we're going to meet, and I'll pay for a phone. They'll say that's manipulation. You darn right it is. <laughs> you know, love when you don't feel like it. I think we talked about that when we talked about grace a little while ago. Offer the freedom to make mistakes. I know that my wife is going to burn our house down one day. I know it. I just know it. Um, she lights candles and puts them on a wooden thing and sticks it on a sofa. And I've come in at 2 or 3 o'clock, come back from a trip, and the glass is broke, wax is running all over the place. She charges 
her, her, she runs an extension cord and then plugs in everything to charge. And yet you know, that wire is red hot and she's running it around chairs and all this other stuff. She's left freezer doors open. She's left the oven on. You know, it's, it, it, my wife will burn the house down. I'm always calling our insurance agent. Are we okay? I mean, if we pay, we're paid up and stuff, right? We have enough coverage and stuff. I even went out and brought, bought Browning's biggest safe, fireproof safe they have, and uh, it's a gun cabinet, and I put all the stuff I wanted to keep in it. Um, just because I know that house is going up sometime, but all the stuff I want is in there. She goes, can I put my stuff in there? Mm -mm. It's mine, you know? And my point of it is, she can make a mistake, and mistakes are going to happen. Your child, when they get the car, is going to run into one of your other cars. They're going to run into the garage. They're going to back into something they shouldn't. They're going to park wrong. Whatever those things are, because that's the nature of kids. And I go, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to be late. When you start letting them make decisions for themselves, they're not going to show up at school at the right time. Let them suffer the consequences. If they flunk out, let them suffer the... Oh, now you've got to go to summer school. How are you going to go to summer school and make that money? Oh, you're going to miss the church mission trip. Oh, God, it must be tough. It must be hard. Uh, will you help me? No. See, because it's already decided. Because you said, this is what I want. This is what I want to see. But when you get in trouble, man, it's your deal. And so you spend some time and you just say it's a mistake. But you don't withdraw the relationship because of a mistake. You can still move toward them. Kids, kids will be out working. I've had, I've had kids. You, you do certain things at Heartland. You get four-hour work projects. And uh, disrespect, dishonesty, disobedience. And so we, we live... Do y'all have pine trees here? Do y'all know what trees are? And uh, y'all have some of them here? We live amidst 90-foot pine trees. And they're always dropping something to the ground. And so our kids rake pine needles on probably 50 or 60 acres. There's a lot of pine needles. And so I'll, I'll be driving out or something, and these girls are raking next to the road, and they're just sitting there raking and raking. They go, Mark, look at, the, look at the blister. I go, man, those are huge. Those are unbelievable. Yo, what should we do? I have no idea. You know, well, what would you do? I don't know. I wouldn't get in trouble, you moron, you know. And, and uh, so I go and I run to Starbucks and get them something to drink, stop off and get them a pair of gloves or some Band-Aids or something and bring it back. I can still love them while they're, while they're having a consequence and having to pay the consequence. I don't let the relationship get in the middle of that. My, and the, I, I do that because whenever I got in trouble growing up, my dad wouldn't talk to us for months. And I always thought that was so weird. As long as I was good, he'd talk to us. As long as, I mean, and now, I mean, he doesn't listen to it. He's deaf now, um, but he's never listened to anybody anyway, so it doesn't really matter. And, but but it's, it's just interesting that, that you know, he, he loves you if you're doing well, but boy, he doesn't if something goes wrong, as if it's a reflection on him. Forgive when it's hard. Forgiveness is giving up hope that you'll ever have a better past. Forgiveness is giving up hope that you'll ever have a better past. We're holding on to some things that need to be let go. You're killing yourself. What I find is that kids who won't forgive usually have parents that can't forgive. 
because you are the example that they're watching. And so just be careful with your own parents, with brothers and sisters and other people in your family. Your kids are watching that. Um, take a regular break. Only correct your kids on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Give it a break. One, you don't need to be working so hard. <laughs> Got to find the next thing that's wrong with them. You know, have a, have a joke night around the dinner table. You know, everybody's got to come and with, a, with a great joke off the internet. Let it be a little edgy. It's okay. I mean, they live in an edgy world, but make it funny. And there are no spiritual jokes that are funny, moms. There's, you know, it's just, there's just none. And <clears throat> so leave those alone. For my wife to even tell a joke would be hilarious to watch her trying to do it. Because she would tell you, okay, this is the punchline, now I'm going to tell you the joke. You know, she's just that way. But I'm going, joke around the table. Have a, have a, a, a no-tech Tuesday where everybody puts up there, but have an all-tech an all Thursday where, where it's just the rules. Nobody gets to talk. And you have to answer every question that comes across. And so you call everybody to the table. Time to eat dinner. Ding, 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 ding. Everybody comes to the table. You already have the prayer up. Ding, hit the prayer. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Let's eat. Ding, 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 ding. Will you pass this? Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Will you pass this? Ding, ding, ding. Will you pass this? Ding, 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 ding. What's the one thing you would change about our family? Ding, 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 ding. Everybody's got to answer. Kids will say the darndest things when they're using text as opposed to face-to-face. -face. What would be the one thing that you would change about me? Uh, uh, maybe not coming up with this stupid game, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, <it's laughs> but it provides an opportunity for your child to have input, and they see the absurdity of a digital world in communication. See, and it's a balance to do. Do something different, mix it up a little bit. The joke night is everybody's got to tell two jokes, find some good ones throughout the week. Have a YouTube night, and it could be at the dinner table. You've got to watch a, a two good YouTubes, good comedy in some way, just something that they think it's funny. Take advantage of it. I said this earlier, that kids are more lost than rebellious. I believe that to be true. Out of all the kids we've dealt with, I've probably met one or two kids that are truly rebellious, that they're very intentional about causing havoc. <clears throat> Most of them are just lost. The other thing is that, that you know, I, I think at the, to end this is that, that family is a permanent harbor in the constant storm. We have five minutes. Provide a place of rest, a respite from the intensity of the culture, a place where they, where they know they're loved regardless of the choices that they make. This becomes important. <clears throat> it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen by you just listening, going home and doing some things. I think you have to map some things out in your head. I want to do this. I want to do this. I need to. It may be just making that comment. There's nothing you can do. That could change the destiny of your family. It may be not, dad's not trying to, fix, trying to fix everything all the time. It may be mom's not talking. It may be adding one thing that's fun. It may be. And, and don't hold on to everything that you own. You're going to give it to your kids anyway. Give it to them now. Well, you get some benefit out of it, and you can kind of steer and direct them in the place you want them to go. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to me how stingy we are sometimes 
in withholding what is due to our kids. And it's not just, it's not just our time, but I think it's our resources to plan that trip that you can't afford to go on because you can't afford to send your child to Heartlight. Are you following me? Sometimes the, the mood of a lifetime is often found in the all but forgotten years of adolescence. And it's, they're only there. Your kids are going to be gone pretty quick. It's going to be gone as fast as this seminar in three hours. Before you know it, it'll be over. And they'll be off to school and you're going to go, huh, whose laundry am I going to do now? I've got to find it. There's, yeah. But my point is, is that don't be stingy with it. Okay, here's a couple other things. Get that one. If you're having troubles with rules and consequences, purchase that, that workbook. It'll kind of walk you through it. Do it all in pencil because you're going to be racing a lot of stuff on it. Uh, the other is this. You can like us on Facebook, and, and on Facebook, you can get a number of items that... Um, uh, that, that we just provide a lot of free stuff. Radios, free apps are free. Every, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that we offer there because we just, we're, one of our goals is to get as many resources to as many people as possible. And so you can get it off of Facebook. The other thing you can do, well, that's Portland, sorry. We're on XM Radio. Um, you can go, you can sign up in iTunes for our daily podcast and, and Troy can tell you how we do that and stuff. The other is here's that book to download by just texting parent to 66866. Or you can get this free course. We've kind of taken those out back there. So don't, don't purchase the curriculum series. Has anybody purchased it? Don't, because you can get it here free. And uh, um, the other thing is that here's the app. Just, just look up our app. It's got every article that we've written. There's probably a thousand articles. It's got every radio program, 60 second spots, and it's got, it's got all of our 30, I'm sorry, all of our 30 minute programs as well. And we've named each one of them to be able to identify what the issue is, but we spend the full time talking about those things that, that, uh, that are important to you. And really where we get all of our topics for all these things are just as I'm out meeting with people and hearing your questions, and we put those into radio programs. So you'll find something that'll touch um, wherever you are. Here's another thing, and I would tell you this, before, before you ever send your child off to a program, um, don't just jump into that and don't do it, um, just oh, I'm gonna send them off or spin it out of control. Come to a family in crisis conference that we have at Heartlight. And, and the reason I tell you that, because 95% of the people that attend these things never have to send their child to a program. Now, that's my goal. And my goal is to try to prevent people from sending kids to programs. But if they have to send them there, I want them to go to programs that are great. And so, um, so we can help you, even steer you to other programs if, if Heartlight isn't a fit for you, depending on the situation. But it's kind of like picking an emergency room. This is kind of can help you do some things before you send your child off somewhere. Y'all get that? Okay. Single moms, it's free for you, courtesy of the Texas Rangers. That we have a baseball team there. Have y'all heard of them? <laughs> anyway, I want to thank you guys for having me. It is 10, 11 seconds past 6 o'clock. This has been wonderful. I've enjoyed my time with you guys. It's all yours, man.